Welcome to the Youth Ministry United podcast, where our goal is to equip you, encourage you, and empower you to do all that God has called you to do in your youth ministry. So, without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 45 of Youth Ministry United, Youth Ministry United Nation. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm your host for today, the Podfather, better known as Matt Bowman, or hint, hint, the self-proclaimed TikTok king. I probably shouldn't call myself that today, though. Uh, I've got a special guest joining us today, Elijah Lamb. What's up, bro? What's up, bro? How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for joining us. I'm excited about this. Me too. Yeah. I can't call myself the TikTok king, though, because that's not not cool. Right. Well, I'm not the TikToking either. I don't know who it is, but right, right. <laughs> there's there's some good ones out there. Um, so before we get before we get started today, bro, um, we since we're a youth ministry podcast, we always ask our guests an icebreaker, and I didn't tell you what this icebreaker was because it's fun to to surprise everyone with it. But it has been our favorite icebreaker question for probably uh, ten or so episodes now, and uh, it's probably. From our listeners, this is the best icebreaker question they've ever heard. So, okay. okay. So here we go. If you were staring any mammal face to face, and this mammal couldn't dip, duck, dive, dodge, move, it can't, it can't move. It's staring you straight in the face, right? What mammal could you knock out with one punch? Listen, this is crazy. I was talking to someone about this exact question this past weekend. No Dead way. serious. And so we were going back and forth over who could knock out the biggest mammal. And, you know, someone said a kangaroo, which kangaroos aren't even big. They're like no. a little bit bigger than dogs. Yeah. Um, like, so I would like to think that if I had maybe like a running start, I could knock out a horse. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> I think horses are pretty big, but they also don't seem like super intimidating creatures that were made for like battle. I guess people used to right. ride them into battles, but like, right. you know. Imagine, you know, punching a lion or like a tiger. Like I'm, I'm going to pass on that, That's right. but a horse, That's right. I'm not worried about it. And even if the horse gets mad, you know, as long as you're not behind it, I feel like you're mostly safe as opposed to a, yeah. a vicious creature. Yeah. Right. So I, I would punch a horse. Now, could I knock it out? I don't know if I could knock out a person. <laughs> like, I guess I'd have to experiment. I've never been in like a real physical fight. I'd so like that, to know. Is that your first step then? Are you going to go knock out a person? person? Yes. Yeah? Okay. See if I can, like a big person probably. Right. And see if I can knock them out. And if I have success, then I'll slowly upgrade to maybe start with like a pony and then right. move up to the full-on horse, go for the stallion and see if I can knock it out. I'm pretty oh, confident absolutely. that I could if I had some time of training. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love right. how, how much thought you put into that question. That question deserves thought because life or death situations. If I'm, if I'm standing in front of a, like a bear, you know, that's possible. We have bears in Florida. I have to decide then if I punch the bear or run. And if I haven't assessed my skill level, right. Then I, then I'm going to have too much. I don't have enough time to think about that. I'd probably run, but like, it would just be good to know if I could, if I could knock a bear out or not. That's so great. 
That's great. Uh, you know, when I first started thinking about that question, I started, I started small. I said a skunk. But as I started, like, I don't know that I'd want to punch a skunk, though. Yeah, I'd punt a skunk. I'm not punching it. I will just launch it you, across the you, room. Right? There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but the more, the more that I've been driving around farm country in Springfield, Ohio, um, I honestly think I might be able to knock out a baby cow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, like, something with a big enough head to the point if you hit it, and you get a good punch in on it, it's gonna yeah. it's gonna rattle it. For That's sure. why I think a horse would be good. Yeah, a horse would be Yeah. Right. I've thought about this. So yeah. I, I like the baby cow idea though. It seems a little inhumane to go for the baby version of the animal. Um but I'll respect it. I'll respect it. Is it inhumane to go for any version of an animal? Well PETA wouldn't like it. Definitely not. <laughs> I wouldn't punch an animal that I'm, I'm also eating just out of respect. You know, I'm taking too much go. from this species. Right. So Absolutely. Um, yes. I don't need horses, so I wouldn't feel bad punching one. That's great. I love how you said you were having this conversation this past weekend. Like, like this is a thing. Yeah. People actually talk about this. You started asking it and I was like, no way, no way. I have already thought about <laughs> this. This is amazing. That's so great. So we're, uh, we're actually doing a podcast today, um, and we're going to talk about some uh, podcast things. Um, oh, so be, before, before we hop into this first question, dude, um, by the time you leave here today, you will leave with a nickname. Okay. All of our guests get a nickname, so it's a lot of pressure. All right? Oh, that's good. Horse Puncher 3000. You hope it's what? I said oh. I hope it's good. Something like Horse Puncher 3000. There, hey, it might be. Yeah, who knows? We'll, we'll find out. All right, man, so... Let's hop in here. Um, we always start with you after we talk about our uh, uh, punching of mammals. Um, we like to know who you are, where you're from, your faith journey, et cetera. So go ahead and tell all our listeners about you. So um, I'm Elijah Lamb, if you don't, if you don't know that much already. Um, never punched a horse. Uh, but I'm, I'm from Lincoln, Nebraska originally. I moved out of there when I was seven years old. So now I'm based in Orlando, Florida. Um, I'm 18 years old. I just turned 18. I'm a senior in high school. Um, as far as faith goes, I've been a Christian for three and a half years. Um, I, I grew up going to church the church is always a safe place for me, but I didn't have, I, I wouldn't say that I grew up in like a Christian family. Um, I, I, I would say I grew up in a church going family. Um, and the, you know, the church wasn't well reflected back home. So, you know, with those lessons being the things that I picked up, it was like the church was a Sunday thing for me because every example I had in my life, um, saw it that way. So faith was never super serious to me. I love the Bible. Um, I've always been like a, like a smart kid, I guess. And so I was just interested in, in memorizing and, and learning things and just knowing stupid random facts, no need to know. Um, and so I've, I've, I've known about the, a lot about the Bible, I guess, since I was a kid. Um, but I think it's sometimes I look back and see the things I was saying about the Bible in like my freshman year, like right after I got saved when I first started, you know, um, so I do like Q and a stuff all over social media. And when I first started doing that my freshman year before I had like a platform or anything like that. And I go back and look at those things I was saying. And I was like, man, I had no idea what I was talking about. Yeah. Um, and just, so it's, it's just crazy to see how the Holy spirit has just changed my mind and the, the way that I think and answer things. Um, but yeah, so I got saved on a mission trip to Ensenada, Mexico, um, when I was 14 years old, um, I, just going up to that, I was just really, really broken. I mean, I think all of us are, um, but I was really broken, had a, just for sure a broken home life. And I, I was just a wreck um, as, as much of a 14, as much as a 14 year old can be. Um, and I was just really, really hurting. 
and I knew who Jesus was, but, you know, I didn't know him personally. And so I felt like this draw towards, um, towards the father for the first time, um, that summer, you know, I had spiritual moments before, but this was the first like distinct time I knew like, okay, this is the culmination of everything. Like this is, this is what life is about. Um, and so I felt this draw towards God all throughout the week. And I just been like praying and just sort of crying out like, God, okay. Like I, like what's happening? Like, what are you going to do here? Um, and there was just this conviction laid heavy on my heart to draw me towards repentance. And I remember there, I mean, there were just days where I was just sorrowful, um, over my sin. And just finally the, the moment I got saved, a lot of like, I never, I didn't have like an altar call moment where I got saved. Um, I, we were just worshiping and I got, got down on my knees and I surrendered my life to Christ. And that was it. Like I got down and just said, Jesus, like I can't handle this anymore. Um, like I need you to be the one who rules my life. And so it was that moment where I was like, I get, I just give, I give you everything. Um, that's what, I mean, I didn't even know about Romans 10, nine, like, you know, believe in your heart that Christ rose from the dead and confess it through mouth the Christ, that, that Christ is Lord. Um, I didn't even know about that verse, but the Holy spirit drew me to that knowledge. Um, so it's amazing. So that's, that's the moment I say I got saved. I definitely had knowledge of the church and knowledge of the, of, of Christ before then, but that was when, you know, for the first time I felt just the comforting presence of Jesus. And for the first time I knew with, with all certainty that, that not just that Jesus loved me, but that he was real and that he was with me. Right. Um, and that it wasn't just a belief system. It was life. Um, and so since then, um, God has just totally changed my life. Uh, he definitely, I remember I, I took my first like spiritual gifts test when I was a freshman in high school. Um, during like, a, I was at one of the huge camps, if you know what that is. Yeah. Um, and it said like leadership, teaching, knowledge. And I was like, that's great. What does that even mean? Um, I, I mean, I think even as a young kid, I was labeled leader by leaders in my life. And I was just sort of like, what does that mean? Like, what do I do with that? And all I could really include as a kid was, okay, that this just means that I'm held to a higher standard for some reason. And so it was just like angry at the fact that I was labeled a leader for a long time. But I mean, what I eventually learned is that it's a massive privilege um, and that God has gifted me in that way and made me to be a leader. Um, and so, yeah, the, that's, those are like three big areas of my gifting. And those are the way, the things that I use in ministry now is I try and be, um, a leader of the Christian TikTok community as a whole. Um, it's not a church, um, but we are still the church. And so I try to do my best to unify the body, uh, in that area and be a leader there. Um, but we'll talk about TikTok more, but, um, and I have like a love and passion for preaching. I remember the first time I preached, I was, I was 16. I preached on repentance and confession and just the power in those two things. And, I like every time I preach a sermon, like I sort of just kind of black out and I, I stop talking and I just go, Whoa, what just happened? That was so cool. And I'll look back and be like, who said that? It wasn't me. I don't remember coming up with that. But so it's just the first time where I was like, Whoa, like just blown away. And I stopped preaching that sermon and I was like, yeah, okay, this is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Um, and so I've always felt a draw towards, towards teaching. I even before then, uh, my freshman and sophomore year, I started a Bible study with guys in my area um, where we were just, I mean, learning together and teaching. And um, I think those were some really valuable times because I made a lot of really bad mistakes as a leader that I'm glad I learned then and not now. Um, you know, there were hard things to learn, but for sure, God has brought me super far. And so anyway, so I, I basically teacher and a leader is, is um, my, my two things. That's what, that's what I try to do is, is right. to teach and, and lead as best I can to challenge young people to um, walk the narrow path and to, to learn and, 
um, just grow in knowledge of Christ to be of one mind with the rest of the body. And so um, that's, who, that's me. That's what I'm all about. I'm all about uh, revival. Um, that's a big part of my ministry is I just preached like a 12, 12 week series on called revival is coming. And it wasn't just a bunch of like the first week we, we actually defined revival and talked about revival in the Bible um, and how we see, you know, figures in the word rebuilding the house of God and how that was always like a, a moment of revival. And so we talked about the history and things like that, but really the next 11 parts were about what we have to desire as a church so that we can be prepared for revival. And so it was just really just about a healthy church and living as a healthy Christian, um, you know, about holy community and, and personal holiness and just all kinds of things like that. And so I love revival, uh, just the idea of talking about it. I really think that God is raising up young people today that are going to bring about a massive revival in America, um, and not just in America, all over the world, something totally unprecedented. Um, and so I don't call myself like a revivalist, um, but I think I'm just watching revival unfold before me um, every single day I do online ministry and ministry in my day-to-day life. So that's me. That's what I'm about. Um, so, yeah. Bro, that's awesome. Um, I've been having conversations with people uh, recently. I, I like hearing your your story of, you know, you, you called yourself a church-going family, um, mm-hmm. but uh, it, once it became personal to you, uh, there was a big shift. Yeah. Um, and And there's a lot of similarity between our stories and, and the fact that, you know, I, I understood a lot about the Bible. I, I grew up, I got saved when I was six and I was on my parents' bed and my dad was pulling my tooth and said, you're going to accept Jesus now, or you're not going to accept him at all. And I was like, <laughs> all right, I'll accept him. Um, and so I didn't really understand what that meant, but like, I understood, I heard these stories and knew, had knowledge about who Jesus was. But yeah. once it became personal for me, bro, it's like, it, there was just a shift in my life and uh, I felt the call to ministry. I I was in uh, middle school and my youth pastor at the time started placing me in leadership positions. Uh, I didn't really understand why until later, but he was placing me in leadership positions. I loved it. And I was like seventh or eighth grader leading mixed age, small groups. So there were high schoolers in the group and I was leading those and um, bro, it's yeah, it's, it's crazy. The similarity that, that is there, but um we're going to be talking today about uh, Christian TikTok influencers, uh, that realm of, uh, of things here. So, you know, how, how has God used you uh, to reach people on TikTok? So, like, m- maybe share a little bit of your backstory as far as, like, when you created TikTok, how that kind of became a thing for you, uh, and, and maybe share a couple stories of people that have reached out to you because of things that you've created. Yeah. Um, so I started TikTok in general in April of 2019. So it's been just over a year and a half. Um, it's it's been a long time. It's been a long, um, road here so far. Um, but I didn't start making distinctly Christian content until that July. So by the time I, I made a few Christian videos, but, uh, nothing crazy. Um, and by July, by the time I started making Christian videos, I already had a follower base of 200,000 people. Um, which like a lot of people I talk to about, TikTok don't even know that about me, that you just know me through the Christian side. Um, But yeah, so I started posting uh, Christian videos just because of some crazy stuff that happened um, in the community. At that time, I was a part of a, like a Discord chat with a bunch of other Christians. Um, And when I say a bunch, I mean like 11. (laughs) There just, there were not a lot of people, but it was every Christian that we could find. Um, And amongst that group, I think there was one other high schooler who wasn't really making Christian content at the time either. We just happened to know each other as Christians. Um, And so the only people I knew of at the time that were making Christian content were three 
adults in their mid to late twenties, um, which they're amazing, amazing people, serious role models in my life, um, big siblings to me. Um, but there, there just weren't any high schoolers doing it. And I remember one day, like, I was like, you know what? I love apologetics. (laughs) I'm going to make some arguments for the faith. Um, and so I did. And, and those are some of my most viewed videos to this day, July of 2019. I talked about, you know, the existence of God, the credibility of the Bible, I gave my testimony, um, and it was that weekend as those videos were starting to, to blow up and things like that. I, I went live just to see, um, and 900 people joined. And I thought it was just going to be people coming for me and, and hating on me, which of course it was, um, at first, but then they began to just ask questions about the Bible and try and understand my view. And I found that, you know, when you're just patient with people who are angry at you and, and you just answer kindly and you're very specific in your words, they start to, to tone down. Um, and so really, I was just trying to answer questions and point people back to Jesus. And someone asked my testimony, so I shared my story. And by the end, I was just like so compelled to give the the gospel to these people simply and straightforward. And so July 2019 was the first time people got saved on one of my live streams. And I think it was just this first time, it was like 200 people got saved. Wow. Um, or, or at least said they, they professed that Christ was Lord. Um, that's what they said. And so... You know, I don't know where all those people are at spiritually. Um, you know, I don't know if they're still following Jesus, but I know that that was the first time I saw that as a possibility. Um, and it blew my mind. <laughs> and so it yeah. became, you know, an instant ministry platform. But from there, I just didn't know where to go with it. Um, I wanted to continue to do, the, to do these question and answer live streams, but they got old really fast. It was a lot of the same questions. And it was just like, okay, there has to be something more productive. Um, and Grayson Bearden, who is a, a youth pastor on social media, asked me to lead one of his what he has he has a thing called tiktok church yep every thursday night and he was busy one thursday so he asked me to lead um and i i did and it was it was amazing i mean like it was like 1400 people turned out i still remember this day it like blew my mind um and like again a bunch of people got saved and i was able to preach a message that i'd written and i was like okay this this is it this is it this is what i want to do um and so that's when i started tiktok bible study which is something i'm still doing um and it's I didn't just want to like, I didn't want to just rob the name. So it's basically the same thing though. Um, he just does worship cause he's an amazing singer. Right. Um, but I, I get on and, and I preach sermons and, um, and people get saved every single week. Um, and so my ministry really is about challenging young people who are already saved to step out in their faith and take it seriously. Um, to, to love the holiness of God, to love the word of God, to um, live lives full of repentance so that they can continue to bear fruit. Like it's just, and, and, and to preach with boldness, um, you know, to say to them, like the fact that you're a youth is not an excuse. You know, God made that much clear to Jeremiah. Yeah. Um, and then even further to get people saved um, and, to, and to help them take their first steps um, in the faith walk and help them, you know, figure out the first first few things to do to get going. And I, you know, a large part of it is just trying to get people plugged into a community. Um, it's a huge part of my ministry is, is trying to get people plugged in into a community online. Yes. But also into a real life church um, because I'm not a youth pastor. Um, I'm, I'm not a pastor influencers. We're not pastors. We're not an equivalent. Um, and we're not certainly not a substitute. So, you know, trying to encourage people to, to actually get plugged into community. Um, and so those are the two main parts of my calling is, is basically on here is to reach Christians and non-Christians alike, um, to encourage people and challenge them and just to let the Holy Spirit speak through me as I preach, but to preach the gospel as well. Um, there have just been some amazing, amazing things that I've seen. You know, I've had, I've had parents, um, 
DM me and, and text me or, or indirectly talk to leaders of mine um, in my life just about the way that they've seen their, their children's lives change. I've had, you know, youth ministers reach out to me about people in their youth group um, who, who they've seen. I've had people directly all the, I mean, daily people right. who, who let me know just the way that, I mean, these are students um, letting me know how my ministry is impacting them and helping them. And, you know, there, there was even this one night on a zoom call, um, God sort of like put something in my heart and I just knew we we're talking about depression. And I knew that there was someone in there who had plans to take their life. And this is still one of the most amazing stories of my life. Like I, I basically just began to pray about it and talk about it. I um, mean, as soon as I got off the live stream, a girl sent me a paragraph and was like, I had plans to take my life tonight. Wow. And, and I prayed before and said, God, like, give me a reason to live. Like, this is your last chance. And I was like, I'm live on zoom. And I hadn't done one in months. And so that girl is like a huge, huge testament to the glory of God in my right. life. Um, I mean, I, I've said this many a time, but like that one experience has made all of my ministry worth it. All of it. Absolutely. Um, and so, but yeah, so that's, God's just done some incredible, unprecedented, unexpected things. Um, I never thought that he would use online ministry, let alone me to do what he's doing right now. Um, yeah. I mean, thousands of people are being reached. I did a poll in my story um, a couple of weeks ago where I was just asking people questions about the Christian community and what they saw. But one of them was like, did you get saved because of Christian TikTok?" and nearly 4,000 people. Wow. Of the people who voted, it was like, I think 13,000 total people voted. So 9,000 people voted uh, no. And 4,000 people said, yes, they got saved because of Christian TikTok. Wow. Like <laughs> that's insane to right. me. Awesome. Um, and those are just the ones that saw that, you know, there are many, many, many more people who have gotten saved because of it and, and whose lives have changed. I mean, when I posted that people were like, no, I was saved before, but faith, my faith just wasn't that serious to me until after TikTok. Um, and so, I mean, even some of the closest people in my life today are people that got saved because of TikTok or saved in one of my live streams or saved because of just, it, it's insane. Or people who, who decided like some of my closest friends are people who decided to, to participate in this community or um, start making content or, or start to just get in their word for the first time. Like those are some of my closest friends are now. And it's people who were just right. challenged and empowered by my ministry um, and, and some of my friends ministry. And it's just, it's amazing, amazing to think about. Um, and just God is doing something that I could never ever think of or do on my own. Man, that's awesome. Um, you, you know, I remember the, the days growing up when I had a flip phone. Um, I don't know if you've ever had a flip phone or seen no, one. I did not. Um, I've, I've seen one. <laughs> but it, it's crazy the amount of tools that we have to be able to do this now. And uh, we're living in a in a generation right now where uh, everything is so easily accessible. I love that. Um, and, and it's really a testament to... Um, to what God is able to do through, through social media. Like, you know, I hear a lot of youth pastors. I've heard a lot of youth pastors say uh, social media is awful. It's the devil. It's terrible. And and then I'm like, well, like, how can you say it's terrible when we've got people like you uh, hopping on TikTok making videos and people getting saved because of them. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it it can be used for good. And you know, I've seen other Christian content creators that, are in it all for the views. Right. Um, and they focus so much on the views. They focus so much on that focus less on how they can use their platform to influence people for Jesus. Um, and I, I'm not saying views aren't important because they are, because you know, 
when people watch it, that's a, that's a life that could potentially be changed. But like, how do you keep your, how do you balance that? Like, how do you keep your heart in check to um, keep your mind on the fact that you're influencing people for Jesus? Um, It's hard. Like it it really is. Um, There are some days where it's like the pressure is so intense that it just can lead to a ton of insecurity. And there are some days where I can say, wow, I'm doing such great things. Look at all these people who love me. Um, and it can lead to an intense arrogance. It also can come where, you know, because I was growing so fast for a time before I was making Christian videos, sometimes I feel a drawback towards that. Um, when I get around my friends that aren't Christians and their videos are blowing up and, you know, they're growing like crazy. And it's like, there's so much temptation there to pursue fame. Right, right. But that's not what it's about. It's not about fame. Um, like, God didn't give me a platform and then like equip me for it. Like he equipped me for the platform that he has already set out for me. And so it wasn't like, it's, it's, it's not about, like I'm going to say this a million times, but it's, it's not, it's not about fame. Um, And the moment that me or anyone else thinks about it, you know, as, as, as a means of gaining attention or fame, it's like that ministry isn't about God anymore. Right. And so I can't, I can't be doing online ministry and also be pursuing fame um, because Honestly, ministry is about who you're worshiping. And so I'm either ministering to souls on behalf of God or, or drawing people to look at me. Right. And so you can't do both. There's no room for, for you know, celebrity culture or whatever within ministry. Um, but for sure, it's, it's not like I just think that way and boom, it's gone. Um, it's, it's a constant daily thing. I have to, you know, crucify my flesh and say, you know what, Jesus, this is about you. Not only is this from you, but it's for you, right? Like, um, John the Baptist says in John three twenty seven, for no one can receive anything good unless it is given to them from heaven. Like I have to remind myself of that, that this has been given to me. Not only that, but God is zealous for his own glory. So it can't be about me or for me. You know, God has given me this because he knows I'll be most fulfilled in glorifying him. And so God did give me this platform and he does continue to encourage me in it because he knows that I love it and he knows that it does benefit me and I do enjoy it. Right. But only because I am pointing to him, you know, the, the times where it feels so dark and feels so um, there's, there feels like so much pressure and just where I'm struggling the most with the platform is when it becomes about me. Right. Because not only am I worshiping myself, but I'm inviting hundreds of thousands of other people to worship me as well. Right. And that is a dangerous game to play. Um, I'm not made to be worshiped and I'm only made to worship God. And so the moment I deviate from that is the moment, you know, you start to crumble. Right. And so God has for sure convicted me and, and disciplined me in that area. I've felt the pain of trying to pursue fame. And I can just say like ministry is so, so, so much more fulfilling when it is about God from God and for God. Absolutely. Um, for sure. So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, now I do, I do want to shift here to, to talk a little bit about uh, youth pastors specifically. Um, and maybe you've seen other churches uh, or other youth pastors try to post things on, on TikTok or social media. Um, and I, when I'm, when I'm talking about youth pastors specifically, like I'm talking like, let's talk about like millennial youth pastors or, Mm. uh, dare we say boomer youth pastors, right. (laughs) You know, I don't know whoever's out there listening, but like, what, what do you see that they may be missing when it comes to what Gen Z wants online and like maybe make it a little more practical, even kind of go a little further. Uh, what, what are, what are some best practices like two, like two, maybe, uh, points that you could give to a youth pastor that's trying to be relevant for their students on, on TikTok. Yeah. 
So what I will say is like along those same lines that we were just talking about, don't try and be a celebrity. Yeah. Um, don't. That's tempting, but it's 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 never good. And people like people can see right through that. Um, young people can see right through that. Um and so don't try to be a celebrity. And what I will say is if, if you're looking at online ministry as a means to glow, to grow your youth group or glow, grow your platform or, or grow your church or whatever, that's unhealthy. That's not like, imagine a pastor writes a book for the sole purpose of growing his church. When people read that, they're going to be able to tell, mm, this seems a little disingenuine, you know? And so like, don't just start doing online ministry as a means to grow, like do it because the Lord is actually drawing you there. And even still, like if you're just going to use online ministry or uh, the social media to connect with and, and, and help your own students, like that's beautiful. Then um, focus on the, just, just be aware of what your focus is. Um, because if you're trying to draw people in, then you have to do things differently than if you were just trying to help and encourage and grow your own youth group. Um, those are two different things. You know, if your social media is just trying to reach your community um, and, and basically plug your youth group to keep people updated, all things like that, because that's a useful tool. I mean, students are on social media, so it's, it's great. Um, but then there's a difference when you as an individual want to reach young people online um, because you can do both. And so it's like, you don't want to like intertwine them yeah. too deeply. You don't want to think of, you know, like I said, online ministry is a way to grow your platform because, or, or as a way to grow your, your youth group or whatever, or your follower base, because people are going to see right through that. And it, like I said, it's going to be clear that it's disingenuine there. I mean, I can look back at times where I was clearly just clout chasing and people didn't enjoy those videos. <laughs> they, they didn't. Um, and they feel uncomfortable with them and they can tell. Um, but so, something I said on, um, Chris Moore's live stream when he had me on there was just my big encouragement towards youth pastors, just to be vulnerable and real. Um, there's sort of this gap between generations. Gen Z has just said, like, cut the bull crap. Um, like, let's talk about the hard things. Um, we don't want to just sit at these shallow surface level things and never advance past them. Let's get through them. They're important, but then let's move on and talk about the things that are real legit, um, things that are actually happening to me. Um, and so you'll find, I think there's a large group of Gen Z that is so fascinated with, with like theology. And there's another that just wants practical help. Right. And so you have to do both, but so many times I feel like youth pastors are doing neither. Um, mm. And it's like, you got, you got to be in both, right. um, both of those areas. But like, like I said, what, what I told, what I said on Chris Moore's uh, stream was just that you have to be vulnerable. Um, you know, the content that people tell me they are most moved by that I make is when I'm just being real. Um, like I said, in his live stream, and I've had this conversation with people in my life and, and my own youth pastor about how, when, when youth pastors say like, Oh, I sin, you know, I road rage sometimes. It's like upsetting to me. It's right. frustrating to me because like you're trying to give an example of your absolute depravity of the sick, disgusting sin that Jesus has saved you from. And all you can think about is sometimes you get mad when you drive. Like either you're scared to be vulnerable or you're extremely arrogant. And, right. um, and I don't mean to sound mean when I say that, but we like young people who are struggling and broken and don't know how to process and get past their real harmful, painful sins. They need examples of people who have either overcome them or are willing to talk about the fact that they're still struggling, Come you know? On. And so, you know, specifically like if I'm, if I'm a young uh, boy or girl, because young men and women both struggle with this, if I'm a young boy or girl and I am stuck in a pornography addiction yep. and the youth pastor says, Oh, I speed or my wife and I argue sometimes or I'm impatient with my kids. <laughs> it's like, that's cool, but that's not my struggle. And I'm never going to right. be able to relate with that. 
Right. Like, tell me about the fact that you as a youth pastor are still struggling with lust to this day and you have to fight it every single day. Be vulnerable enough to say those kinds of things. Right. Because then I look and I go, okay, like this isn't supposed to be easy. Right. You know, I'm not doing like I, 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 I'm not the only one. And so it, vulnerability is cool when, when, when it's a student, students among students, that, that vulnerability is powerful. But if you want to see that, you first as a leader have to set that precedent and be vulnerable from the pulpit and in your small groups and, and in your one-on-one relationships with these young people um, because they want to see what's real. Right. And they want practical help to get through the real things. You know, yeah. we have a very, very broken generation, Gen Z. Um, extremely. And it's not hard to see that at all. I mean, you take one look at social media, you take one look at the kids that are in your youth group, and it's not hard to tell that there are people who are broken and they don't know what to do about it. And so they need to know that Jesus is not scared of how messed up they are, that Jesus invites the crazies, that he had a a drawing and a tendency towards people who were just wicked and evil, that he came to save the sick. And so if your life doesn't look like, wow, Jesus saved me from this much. And you sort of downplay, you know, that's, that's what happened. You are downplaying the cross of Christ yep. when you give these weak examples. Be willing to show the vulnerability, the, the, the struggles that you still have. And if you've overcome them, don't think I, I'm saying like, oh, okay, youth pastors who don't struggle aren't valuable. Like that's, no, obviously we all struggle. But if you've gotten past a lot of those really, really deep painful moments and years and, and, and sins and you're, you know, you battle through depression and things like that. Talk about those experiences because those are things that like, I've like, I'm um, like, I celebrate this all the time and it makes me so happy. I'm seven months free of a pornography addiction, but I'm still able to counsel and talk to guys who are going through it because I know what the pain of it feels like. And I'm not going to forget what that's like. And they're able to see someone who has, who has gotten past it and has been set free from it. They know that it's not impossible. Like that in its, in and of itself is another kind of power. Yeah. To know that, like it's, it says in, I forget the psalm, but that, that God leaves us, leaves us out from, from prisoners to singing, from prisoners to prosperity. Like, let that be something they see as totally true. Right. And so, yeah, those are the, those are the pieces of advice I would have for, for you that's awesome. today. Bro, that's so good. And I, I think to your point, uh, Gen Z is probably the best generation at, um, at seeing right through people. Mm-hmm. They're the best judge of character. And I've seen it all, all throughout my experience in ministry. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think to your point, like, be vulnerable. Don't be afraid to be, be, be vulnerable. I think, I think for a lot of youth pastors, that's a struggle for them is they get up in front of a group of students and they're like, I, well, I can't be, be vulnerable in front of them. But mm-hmm. if you're vulnerable in front of a group of students, it, it, it shows that uh, you're a real person. It opens right. up doors. It absolutely like, does. Absolutely. Now they're going to feel comfortable doing the same. Sure. You know, yeah. because you as the leader, if, if the leader, the person who absolutely. in their mind is just perfect in their faith can just prove and show that that's not true. Right. And they still stand in the, and they're not hiding it. They're saying, but glory be Come to on. God, because he's walking through this with me. Then they say, wow, like that's even better now. Right. Your image to them is even better now. So if you're about right. pr- pr- protecting your image, then be vulnerable. Okay. Right. <laughs> because they will have a, a higher view of you, one that feels more real and, and, and more Absolutely. consistent with what their experience of life has really been like. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Um, so Elijah, uh, before we close down here, um, what we ask all of our guests to do here at the end is take four to five minutes to share what God has been speaking to you in this season. It can be whatever God has been speaking to you. Um, like what, what has God been speaking to you that could equip, empower, encourage any youth pastor listening? Uh, because I believe that if, if God is speaking something to you, it can be valuable for other people. So, um, um, so two things, the first one, he has been showing me the the responsibility that comes with being a leader. Um, but the reality that when you are giving that everything and walking in that and being innovative and creative and you are, um, you know, just stepping up, if you are made to be a leader, then you will enjoy that. And so there are times where it's like, I don't want to be the leader. That's, that's so much more pressure. There's so much more work. But once you start doing it, it's like, wow, like, this is amazing. Yeah. This is incredible. Like, actually, I'm enjoying this so much. Um, but that does come with a lot of extra responsibility that you have to be willing to, to take on. And so um, just for me, and I'm sure it's because he has, you know, plans for me with ministry in the future that I have to be prepared for, you know, I have to be ready for. And so I'm glad God is teaching me to be a leader now um, so that I can become a more effective one when, you know, I take on whatever he has for me next, but I'm focusing on where he has me now, which is important. I think a lot of people over, overlook that. It's like, Oh, I want to be, I want to be a head pastor next, or I, I, I want to do this. I want to do that. It's like, no, if I, I want to give, I'm going to serve this faithfully right now to who to he who is given little will be given much. Yep. Um, and so I just want to be here and in this moment and serve and focus on this and give this hundred percent of my effort because this is a God ordained ministry. Um, that's a side note, but the, the, the biggest thing God has been teaching me is about his faithfulness. Um, and just that, like, even when I don't see what God is doing, I know that he still has good in mind for all things work out for the good. Right. Um, but just it's been teaching me and remembering that if I can look back and see when God has been faithful in the past, then I can then say that faithfulness and consistency with me um, is in the character of God, that he does not abandon me. He doesn't do anything causelessly like he does nothing faithlessly. And so I know that faithfulness is in the character of God. Therefore, I can say that God has been faithful, which means he is being faithful and he will continue to be. And that's just like a huge lesson that I keep repeating and I keep learning about because yep. it just blows my mind to think of. And so right now, as um, you know, 2020 has been an, an insanely crazy year. And I can't imagine some of the battles a lot of youth pastors have had to have faced that would just be extremely discouraging. Um, I can't imagine what that's like because online ministry was doing great during this time. Yeah. You know? And so they're just, I, I can't imagine how discouraging it would be to just see things go from, from great to bad, or maybe things improve for some people. It just, there, there were unique battles that I don't think anyone was ready for, but God was. And so I would just say to anyone, whether it be a student or, or a leader listening, just that God is still faithful. Um, and he doesn't do anything or bring any battle for no reason that if he takes you through a valley, it's because he knows where it ends. Um, and so wherever he is, look back on the amazing things that God has done in your ministry. Remember those things. Bring those things to recollection. Uh, that's what uh, David does in, in Psalm 77, where he's like, you parted the waters. Like you did all these amazing, amazing things. Therefore, I can trust in your steadfast love. You know, he says in, um, oh man, Psalm chapter three, where he just writes like, oh, these people are coming for me. Like everyone is attacking me and I'm, I'm so discouraged. But then he's like, you know, you, you've answered my prayers before. Like I, I woke up today. He, he basically says like, okay, I can trust in your steadfast love. That's what he says. And so just remember and think about 
Like actually do that, write down or something. Remember the ways that God has been faithful, either in your personal life or in your ministry, write those things down and remind yourself of those things because God is going to be just as faithful now as he was then. His faithfulness may not look the same, but he's being just as faithful to his will and to you. Um, whatever he does for you, it is, it is because of his great love for you. And so I, I just believe God is doing amazing things and we just have to believe in his faithfulness. So, yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, bro, I've been sitting on a nickname. Uh, but before I get to that, I just want to affirm a couple things in you real quick. Um, the fact that you've got the word hidden away in your heart, bro, that's going to go a long way. Are you familiar with, uh, pastor Chris Durso out of New York by chance? No, I'm not. Okay. Chris Durso was here in Cincinnati last night at my friend's church. And he was talking about, um, how people say, you know what, we, we need a new word when we've already got the word in front of us. Right. Right. He, he talked about how Jesus was tempted in the desert and Jesus says, no, no, it is, it is written. He's got the word hidden away, right? We yeah. don't need a new word when we've got the word right in front of us. So, so bro, that's going to go a long way for you. Um, and uh, I just want to affirm the calling that God has placed on your life. I could tell how passionate you are about reaching people for Jesus. And I love that, which leads me to my nickname, uh, Elijah, the inspiration lamb. All right. I like it. I'll say, okay. I put that in my bio. My yeah, bio you gotta put it your, that's, yeah. You got to put it in your bio. You got to change your username. You got to change everything. The inspiration land. People are going to be right. real confused by that. That's right. That's okay though. I just have to make sure they know that I didn't come up with that on my own. Cause otherwise I look, I look kind of scummy <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm the inspiration. That's right. It's like, ah, no. That's right. That's right. Um, so bro, uh, where, where can people, Oh, before, before we get to where people can find you on socials, you guys, uh, you've got the Gen Z conference, uh, that's going to be coming out in a few days from the release of this podcast. Yeah. December 4th is when yeah, it starts. 4th, 5th and 6th. It's, 4th, 5th um, and 6th. It is, you can find it online. It's the, the zconf.com, the zconf, like C-O-N-F. Um, it's, it's just, it's a hundred percent Gen Z led, um, 100%. So everyone is 23 and under. Um, I think the youngest was 17. So 17 to 23. Um, I just got back from a weekend of filming with them and I'm really, really, really excited about it. Um, I just got the, the messages that I preached back and um, I, I have two and I, I was just like, man, I'm so excited for people to hear these things yeah. and, you know, hearing some of the words that my friends spoke and um, they've done multiple filmings and there are leaders coming internationally and there are, you know, hundreds of students signing up right now. And so um, if you're a youth pastor right now, like you can, set up like for your for your youth group to view as a group um you know there's going to be more than 40 messages there's going to be live stream aspects of the whole thing um which is during the fourth fifth and sixth and i'm just really excited about it i mean we are expecting to see many many students saved many students set on fire and changed and many students just encouraged and exhorted and and where they're walking right now um and so yeah it's the zconf.com you can go there um and i'm just excited about it like i said it's it's the fourth fifth and sixth and there were just some amazing, there's amazing moments of worship and just, it's going to be a beautiful thing. And so youth pastors out there, like get your students on this, um, you know, maybe just get a few of your student leaders together, whatever it may be um, and do and, and, and join together and, and listen with us. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, and then where can people find you on the socials? Um, Elijah.lam on both Instagram and TikTok and then Elijah Lamb on YouTube. That's where I am. And that's soon to be Elijah, the inspiration. Right. I got to change that soon. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. 
That's right. Awesome. Thank you again, dude, for joining us. Um, I know I was inspired. I was equi- uh, equipped and encouraged by this conversation. And I know our, our youth pastors listening to this will be as well. Um, youth Ministry United Nation, until next time, have a great life.